Welcome to Haven Today at Christmas time. Can you count? If you can, you just might find yourself a lottery winner alongside 20 other South African winners. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's all it took for each to win millions. What are the odds, you wonder, that a sequence of six consecutive numbers were drawn? The jackpot was over 100 million South African rand. That's a little over 7 million U.S. dollars, equally split over 5 million rand each, and all for counting from 5 to 10 on a piece of paper. Was it rigged? The public wanted to know. Experts say the odds are about 1 in 40 million, but not impossible. Another way of saying this was unlikely, but it can happen. And it did. Not foul play, just a little luck. Not with Christ. By faith we get forgiveness and a certain future. Faith isn't a lottery, but by faith we get the jackpot. Eternal life with God, and that is priceless. I'm Charles Morris, and on this Friday we're wrapping up a series called Born in a Barn. I think we're a little too used to the nativity scene. In fact, most of the ones I've seen look really nice. Even the word nativity sounds a bit posh. That's why Phil Vischer's story called Born in a Barn really resonated with me. Yes, a real first century barn. Full of animals and sounds and straw and even dirt. It was not a romantic sight. But it was the place where our creator of the universe chose to make his entrance into our world as a physical human being. In a moment, we're going to hear Phil Vischer read a couple of stories from his Laugh and Grow Bible, and then we're going to reflect on how the Word who became flesh can change our lives today. After this program, I'd like to send you a copy of Phil's new book. It has 52 gospel stories based on the Bible, and I asked Phil why he chose that number. The reason we did 52 stories is the easiest way to use it is just one a week, it's just whether it's Sunday afternoon after church or Sunday evening or the way you start Monday morning. Just sit down with your kids, and together you get one Bible story, you get some great discussion questions, and then just a little lesson about the theme and how this fits into the big picture. We've had people go through the whole thing, you know, in a month and a half just because they started and they couldn't stop, and that's great too. We've also had parents write in to say, we did the first story tonight when we got it with our kids, and the next morning we found our kids reading it by themselves going further. So if you can do that, that's awesome too. You know, the more we get our kids into the Bible, the better. Um, But the easiest way to do it is just say, hey, it's Sunday afternoon, it's Monday morning, let's take the next story and learn it together. Learning together. I think Phil Vischer is onto something here. Families need to find time away from the influence of screens and turn together to God's Word, and the Laugh and Grow Bible is a perfect way to do that. But even if you didn't read this new book with a family— It's an ideal way to better understand God's plan of redemption, all the way from Genesis to the end at Revelation. Get a copy for you and your home. Get one for someone you love who needs to better understand the Bible. And after the program, make your Christmas gift to Haven Today, and we'll send you the Laugh and Grow Bible by Phil Vischer. Our number is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can visit our website and see some sample pages that we've put up there. Take a look at the warm illustrations and make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. For unto us a child is born. born. Yes, 
we still have the double CD of Handel's Messiah with words straight out of the Bible. It's a masterpiece and another way to learn the redemptive story of the Bible and the coming of Jesus. Make your gift. Get a copy for yourself. Get more copies for others this Christmas season. And now let's begin Haven Today with Jordan Smith. Tis the season, and a Christmas carol, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear by Jordan Smith, here on this haven today called Born in a Barn. Almost 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ the Messiah, the Lord Almighty, was born in a barn. It's what we've called our series this week because it reminds us that our Lord wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. Earlier, I promised that we would hear the story that Phil Vischer wrote in his Laugh and Grow Bible. And now let's take a listen to Born in a Barn. 
Remember Abraham? God gave him three promises. Number one, your children will become a great nation. Number two, that nation will have its own land. Number three, from that nation will come a blessing for the whole world. After 1,500 years, two of those promises had come true. Abraham's kids became the nation of Israel, and they got their own land, the promised land. But the blessing for the whole world? What was that? And when was it coming? Would it solve the problem of sin? Would it change the people of the world so they could be friends with God again? The prophet Isaiah talked about the Messiah, a word that means anointed one. God anointed kings and very special leaders when he had an important job for them to do. But 400 years had passed since the time of Isaiah. 400 years without any new prophets. 400 years without any new messages from God. And the Israelites were getting tired of waiting for this special leader. Where was the blessing? Some of the Israelites were starting to lose hope. But then something incredible happened. An angel appeared to a young woman named Mary. You will have a son, the angel said. How will this be, Mary asked. I'm not even married. It's true. Mary wasn't married. She had promised to marry a man named Joseph, but they weren't married yet. Then the angel said something amazing. He told Mary the baby's father would be God himself. Her baby would be the son of God. Pretty wild, right? You would think that Mary would have passed out and fallen on the floor right then. But Mary was brave. She trusted God. I am the servant of the Lord, she said. May this happen just as you have said. Then the angel said one more thing to Mary. He said the baby's name would be Jesus. When it was almost time for the baby to come, Joseph and Mary traveled to Bethlehem. They needed somewhere to stay, a nice place for Mary to have her baby. If this baby really was God's own son, he should be born in a palace, right? In a big, beautiful palace surrounded by fancy people wearing fancy clothes. After all, this baby was the son of God. But Mary didn't have her baby in a fancy palace or in a nice warm inn by a fire. No, Mary had her baby in a barn for animals. Mary's baby, Jesus, wasn't surrounded by fancy people. He was surrounded by sheep and goats and chickens. If this was God's blessing for the world, the blessing Israel had been waiting for almost 2,000 years, this wasn't the way people expected it to happen. Then more angels showed up, a whole bunch of them, and they sang and celebrated the birth of a new king, the birth of Jesus. Where do you think God's mighty angels announced the birth of his son? Probably in the biggest city, to the world's most important people, right? To kings and generals, to rich, important, fancy people. But that isn't where the angels sang of Jesus' birth. This amazing group of God's messengers appeared in the middle of a field, in the middle of nowhere. And they didn't sing to kings and rich folks. They sang to shepherds to a group of dirty, smelly guys who took care of dirty, smelly sheep. God showed the world his power, who he really was, not in an army, but in a baby. Not in a palace, but in a stable. Not to kings and rich people, but to shepherds. God's rescue plan was happening. His kingdom was on the move. But God was announcing very clearly that this blessing for the world wasn't going to be what people expected. This little tiny baby, born in a stable, celebrated by shepherds, was going to turn the whole world upside down. My friend Phil Vischer, reading his story, Born in a Barn, found in the Laugh and Grow Bible. I like this story. 
because it helps me remember the simplicity of the Christmas story. Too often we think of the Lord as high and lifted up, so high that he can't be bothered with our dirt. Jesus' birth in a barn reminds us that this just isn't true. Our Lord loves us, and not just from a distance. He is high and lifted up, but he is also meek and lowly. He comes down, and he meets us where we need him most. It reminds me of the Christmas story according to John. If you know John's gospel, you know there is not a typical birth story. John might be thought of as the more philosophical of the gospel writers. But that doesn't mean John didn't tell us about the Christmas story of Christ's coming to the world. Here's a portion of the opening of John's gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. It doesn't sound like shepherds out in a field. It doesn't sound like born in a manger, visited by three wise men. But what we just read together from John's opening was the story of Christmas, wouldn't you say? Let's take it step by step. In the beginning was the Word. John started his gospel the same way Genesis starts its creation story, in the beginning. It draws us back to a time when only the Lord was there, when the world and the universe had not been created. In the beginning, there was God, and there was the Word, Father and Son. And John goes further. The Word was God. This is the Lord, high and lifted up. This is our Jesus, the Son of God. He was there, and he created all things. John puts it perfectly. Through him all things were made. And then a little further, in him was the life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, not just when the Lord said, let there be light, but when Christ entered our history, his light burst forth, and the darkness couldn't stop it. This is John's next step of his Christmas story. The light was coming into the world, he told us. He wasn't content to simply show us the way, shining his light down from heaven so we could see. He came to be the light, to be the way for us, to walk the path before us, and to take us with him into salvation. The light came, and even though the entire world was created by him, the world didn't recognize him. Isn't that Christmas? A baby born in a barn? Born in a dirty, lowly stable? completely overlooked by the powerful and the well-to-do of that day, recognized first by the shepherds who were outcasts in Israel at the time. He created the world, but the world didn't know him. It was true then, and you know what? It's true now. Christmas isn't really about Christ anymore, is it? It's about finding the best deal. 
It's about getting as much as you can for as little as you can. It's about making sure everyone gets exactly what they want. Christmas has become about me, about you. It's turned into a selfish holiday full of materialism. The world doesn't recognize Christ. It never has. But remember what he said to us? You are the light of the world. He is the light, and through faith he shines his light through us. Christmas is an opportunity to share the light of Jesus instead of getting caught up in everything else this season. This is how John put it. The word became flesh, and we have seen his glory. Christmas, more than anything else, is about glory. God's glory. The light of Christ shining brightly into our world. Christmas is about the gospel. And I'd like you to hear how Phil Vischer described the gospel in his Laugh and Grow Bible. Gospel is another one of those hard-to-understand words, but it just means good news. The gospel is God's rescue plan that we learned about way back at the very beginning of the story in the Pentateuch. It's God's rescue plan to fix his broken relationship with people. The gospel is the good news that Jesus came to die for our sins and give us eternal life with God. So the story of the gospel books is not just the story of the life of Jesus, it's the story of the mission of Jesus. The gospels give us a picture of who God is. Because Jesus is God, everything he did while on earth shows us what God is like. Before Jesus died for us, in the first part of his mission, he spent three years preaching and teaching and healing the sick and loving people, all kinds of people, especially people the world had rejected, especially people who were hurting or lost or scared or in pain or poor or suffering. Jesus showed us that God is love, that God loves all people, so much that he came to earth to die for them. Reading from his new Laugh and Grow Bible, Phil Vischer. The gospel teaches us that God is love and that he loves every person so much that he was willing to die. That's the Christmas story. That's the story of Christ. That's what Jesus was telling us when he was born in a barn. He wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. He loves us too much to let us suffer and die as he watches from a distance. The gospel tells us that he comes for us. In the words of John's gospel, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's what Christmas is all about. We're desperately lost apart from Jesus. Just like the world around us, in our sin we overlook Jesus. We don't recognize him when he speaks to us. It's only when the light of Christ shines in our hearts that we recognize who he is and who we are. We're his people. That phrase John uses, dwelt among us, isn't just about God moving in next door. It was a reference to the tabernacle that Israel carried around throughout their 40 years in the wilderness, the tabernacle that was where the Lord made his presence known and felt. That's what Jesus did for us. He became flesh. He dwelt among us. He was the place and still is the place where we find the Lord's presence. Jesus loves us, and he loves us enough not just to dwell among us, but to die for us. I've heard it said that you can't properly understand Christmas unless you put it into context with Easter. Christ was born in a barn, but he wasn't born to grow up and live a normal life. He was born to die and then to rise again from the dead. Christmas doesn't make sense apart from Easter. Christ's birth makes no sense apart from the resurrection. The Word became flesh. 
the light of the world came into the darkness, and all to save us from our own darkness, to bring us into the light, and to restore us to our Heavenly Father. That is the story of Christmas, and it's what we should have on our mind this season. Instead of thinking about a royal palace, extravagant dinners, and expensive toys, turn your mind back to the lowly barn, the place where the Lord entered human history for us, the place where we find everything we have ever needed. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, the hymn says. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. One small child in a land of a thousand One small dream of a Savior tonight One small hand reaching out to the starlight One small city of life One small city Quartet, 
and one small child here on Haven Today and our final day in a series called Born in a Barn. A few minutes ago, we heard Phil Vischer read his story by the same name of our program today. He really has a way with words, but also a heart for families to know the Bible and to meet Jesus. And that's why he's written the new Laugh and Grow Bible, 52 stories coming straight from the Bible, which will help you have a bird's eye view of God's rescue plan for people like you and me. You can use it as a weekly devotion for a family. But some kids get it and read it from cover to cover in a few weeks. However, you or the children in your life use the Laugh and Grow Bible. It'll help you and others, including children, better understand God's Word and His love for them. I believe this would make a wonderful Christmas present for the children and families in your life. Why don't you call us right now? Make your Christmas gift to this 100% listener-supported ministry. And as our thanks, we'll send you Phil Vischer's Laugh and Grow Bible. And don't forget, these books would make excellent Christmas gifts for loved ones as well. And we can ship them directly if you'll call us today. Our phone number is 800 654 2836 Or visit our website. Take a look at some of the sample pages from this Bible and then make your gift there at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And one last thing. We still have the double CD of Handel's Messiah. You need to hear this musical masterpiece more than just a little excerpt that we've shared. You need to hear it all this Christmas. With words straight out of the Bible, it tells the story of Jesus from beginning to end in a very stirring way. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again on Monday when again we'll meet up and we'll share together this great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The most important part of a tree is the part you can't see. No matter how fast a tree grows or how strong it looks, the real test of strength is in what lies underground. Because without strong roots, a gust of wind can blow a tree right over. And in the same way, the most important part of a person is the part you can't see. Jesus said the seeds of the gospel develop strong roots and bear fruit in the one who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Are you rooted in Jesus today? Deepen your walk with Him and in the Word with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.